Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lunchtime Special Podcast. A show about life, death and everything in between. We hope you enjoy the show. everyone welcome to lunchtime special podcast and today we're talking about all things virtual and on the panel today we have atish abstraction in place hi everyone ian hello everyone Andre. hello and brad hello In this virtual world that we live in, people like Andre has been muted twice because <laughs> they virtually exist on the physical plane and the virtual plane. But today we're talking about all things virtual. When it comes to virtual, we think of computer games, we think of virtual reality, we think of even television and movies. They are technically virtual as well. So everyone here has probably played a computer game at least once in their life, some more than others. I don't call myself a gamer, I've definitely spent hours playing many games in the past. In my experience, virtual games, or games in general, a bit of a, an escape from reality, and there's always been a way of either relaxing or just enjoying time with friends. I've experienced some VR with the Oculus Rift, and I found that interesting, just crashing a plane to the ground several times and feeling the fear of almost, I'm gonna, of almost dying, even though I actually wasn't going to do any death in that scene. So... Ian, what's your experience with the virtual world? I will say that I've mostly been a gamer in the console sense, not with a virtual reality headset or anything like that. I guess the idea does kind of entice me in some ways, but I've just probably been too lazy to do it. But I guess for me, in terms of in specifically related to gaming, uh, yes, as an escape, but also as a way to do things uh, that I will probably never do, mostly because I'm physically incapable. For example, I play a ridiculous amount of FIFA. I will never be a footballer, but I just never stop playing it. I will never be a football manager, but I never stop playing. I guess it's that whole being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You know, you're never going to be a uh, Templar knight from the 200 BC fighting zombies on a, and trying to save the princess from Mario, probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a way to live things that you would never get to experience, in a way. Atish, growing up in India and having a slightly different skew on life because of your the culture and the, the physical place you lived in, what's your experience with the electronic virtual world and the non-electronic virtual world? I mean, as Ian shared one of his experiences about playing different games, like for example, FIFA. My childhood, I think I have experienced the age where things were moving from Windows, DOS, like command-based games to to more um, GUI-rich interfaces of the games. So, yeah, I was like 10 or 12 when I first saw Mario being played, and that was amazing experience to see. And then Contra, where you're having two guns with two tiny bits jumping and rolling and killing and a lot of you know it's kind of i think it was quite thrilling and that was a whole new world being a virtual world however that was so much enticing as ian said 
that it just captivated us. It captivated me personally. And then that got extended to um, Tekken 3 game, if you guys know about, where, you know, different fighters with great user interfaces, great sound effects, great 3D views, and great high number of um, moves to kill the opponent, right? That gives you more close proximity and that adrenaline rush that captivated me personally. So I think, yeah, being in, even in India, I think no market in this world, possibly North Korea, give credit to Kim if they do not have this. Otherwise, I think most of the internal globalized nations, the children and the young people, the game lovers, the virtual reality lovers, they have all the masalas they need. So yeah, this is my experience. Andre, coming from the Czech Republic, what's your experience with the virtual Mind it, you're going to trigger an explosion on the virtual world from Andre. Yeah, um, uh, for me, gaming started back in the late 90s when I bought my first 486 for 50 bucks. <laughs> Commander Keen was the ra- rage of that time, being not really a console gamer. All my mates were into consoles. Probably the game that I remember blew my mind was when Duke Nukem 3D came out. Back in, oh, I can't even remember when it was, about 99, 2000. Just thinking how much better the graphics in that game were than Commander Keen was like in only two or three years before. The virtual stuff, I adapted to the 3D gaming phenomenon, which was all the rage about seven or eight years ago, which really didn't take off in Australia. Not much places around the world did it. And the virtual world, I'm about to dive headfirst into it, getting the thinking of getting the Oculus Rift because I've got two two games on Kickstarter that are coming in the next two or three months, which are both VR visual novels. And yeah, I've been a massive fan ever since watching one of my favourite animated features, which is Sword Art Online, Ordinance Scale, which made me laugh because it's got both not just the VR stuff, but AR as well, so augmented reality, VR. So I think in the next maybe 10 or 15 years, I hope everyone's there chasing each other with the <laughs> virtual reality headsets and trying to sort of fire at each other in a controlled environment so they're not you know running out in, onto the street to get hit by a car or something like that but yeah so brad are you a pokemon go fan no <laughs> <laughs> so when i was young i used to use it as an escape so when i was like a little kid i had the commodore 64 sitting there for you know half an hour typing commands before you could actually play a game but as i got older i think i drifted further away from video gaming i play it more similar to ian now so i'll play games but not regularly it's mainly console and it's more you know footy than that rather than i guess the fantasy games or anything like that anymore so ian so i i just had a thought about one game that i played maybe three years ago that was similar to what you were talking about, about simulating flying a plane (laughs) into dangerous situations. It's a game called Slenderman, and the game itself is actually ridiculously simple. All it is is you're a character in the woods, and you're trying to find notes in the dark, and you're being chased by this invisible monster named Slenderman. Now, for normal people, they're probably like, okay, whatever, just being chased in the woods, and no one cares. For me, I would play it on a normal computer, so no virtual reality, but lights out, so basically the rest of the room was dark, and the music was pretty much all you could hear. The music and being chased by Slenderman, and in the game also, it had the sound effects of heavy heavy breathing and all that kind of stuff. I've spoken to this with a few people 
and they're all just like, oh, it's a game, whatever. Me, I'm having conniptions and heart attacks. Like <laughs> every second that I think that Slenderman might catch me. I mean, it does jump scare you. Like the way that they, when you get caught by Slenderman, it's like a loud noise and a bright light kind of thing. So it, it's meant to jump scare you. But, but I guess the, the reason I bring it up is because it, you don't need a virtual reality headset, I don't think, to, to have the effect of immersing yourself in a world. And I, I would say that's happened with plenty of games. And, and that's the extreme scenario. But say you're just playing, I don't know, one for me used to be StarCraft. I, you know, I played on computer and I get so involved in the strategy that my head was nowhere else. All, all I could see was me trying to kill the Zerglings with the Terrans. That was all that mattered in that moment. Mm. Man, you were the Terrans. Man, what's wrong with Terrans? Terrans are great. Protoss all the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I guess when we talk about virtual worlds and virtual reality, I guess the, I don't think that we need a 3D environment where we're fully immersed because somehow we have this mental ability to immerse ourselves. So. So is it safe to say it's not the graphics, it's not the tech, it's just whether it's actually immersive or not. So if you actually feel like you're there in some way or form and you get that emotional connection, then that's what all that matters. So it's just about experiencing something and actually having almost that, that physical, visceral experience that you from experiencing something on the screen, whether it's right in your face, in goggles, or whether it's you know, on a telly, on a laptop. It's about the experience. And we actually just want to be a part of it. And whether it's virtual or not also doesn't really matter. Well, the brain is amazing, isn't it? So think about your childhood. You could be playing pirates with your mates out in the backyard. And just using your imagination, you get pushed into this immersive world. So I think that there's a separation between what makes you video games unique versus what makes the power of the mind to, I guess, insert yourself into this alternate universe. I think it's the mind really more than anything. Don't forget that uh, D&D has been immersing us in the world of, since the 70s, just immersing yourself in a world where just basically you just play with a couple of die, dice and just yeah, plan out your characters and be totally immersed just with pen and paper. So what's the difference between reading a book and playing a game? In some ways, I don't think there is a difference. So I, my argument would more be that it's a visual aid you get to use your imagination without having to be fully imaginative. It's sort of suggesting um, images or actions for you. Whereas when you read, you know, you could be imagining something completely different to what the reader intended. You're following the creator's journey. Atish, your thoughts? Somehow I just look at things from, um, like, I try to look at things from the other way around also. So, for example, the experiences, who is experiencing that is more important. One of the important key points to actually look at the degree of experience you will get into. So, the who is experiencing, let's imagine your awareness is having that perceptive phenomenon, perceptive activity happening. Who is experiencing? Now, as Ian mentioned, when you're a child, you have a book reading or you are playing in your backyard and you can actually get your whole Star Wars there and you can experience it into that format. However, with the different levels of your own awareness or perceptive development, the degree of experience and the quality of experience, they all start to change. For example, if your intellect is developing, your experience is more driven into intellect. Then, for example, if you're playing a game where you need to deal with different issues and you have to you have to apply your intelligence, you get more thrilled. Oh, I have to apply my intelligence in 360 degree view. So, the more your intellect is being pressurized in that situation, the more your experience is growing in a way. So, it is other way around. 
it's not the graphic or thing. It's something from outside or from inside which can be a stimulus for your experience that will drive your experience to go on to the next level. It can be graphics. It can be just a reading book. And it can be just the inbuilt stimulus which can actually react to reading or seeing. But personally, I can tell you one thing that graphics and sound effects, they now make a lot of difference. That is why 3D games are so much captivating than um, two-dimensional games or actually like playing Aladdin or playing Mario. So, for example, if you look playing a 3D game, you feel like you are in the game. Now you are actually living it. That means you are not only engaged by your intellect and mind, actually you are engaged by your perception also. Before it was not the perception which was engaging in, it was just the mind and the intellect was engaging in. So I think the more yourself is being projected into it, the more proximity of being self is there, the, the more the degree of experience is growing by that word, for that virtual experience. So specifically talking about the difference between a book versus a game, I, I tend to think of in terms of actually films versus games. I think it's a pretty similar concept. So, you know, you have things like the Batman movies and everyone loves Batman movies. I mean, if you don't, get out. But if you <laughs> want to watch the movies, that's great and you can love watching it. But then there's something else when you play like Batman Arkham Asylum or something like that and you are the Batman, you know? Like it's it is actually two completely different experiences where, you, you know... I'm here. <laughs> exactly. So the tissue is actually a real Batman. You're um, accountable and culpable for Batman's survival. Yeah. Or you, when it's on the screen or in a book, you're empathizing. When you're playing a character, you're role-playing. Like it's, it's kind of slightly different experience. But, I mean, it, it's interesting how that plays out, not even just in that context, but how many books are adapted to movies. Uh, and it's not just because people are lazy and don't want to read books. It's because... As great as our mind is and as imaginative as we are, sometimes we just like being told. So if we know what Harry Potter looks like and he looks like Daniel Radcliffe, we don't have to try and imagine what Harry Potter looks like and it just makes makes our life a little bit easier. And that's the same with the sense, I think, what she's trying to get out with immersive 3D reality is that that's another layer where we don't have to think about, oh, what's behind me? What's left of me? What's right of me? I can turn my head and I can see it. So, I don't know, what do you think, Spiro? The thing with this, though, does that mean Harry Potter now, for the rest of eternity, until he's, it's recast by another actor, will always look like Daniel Radcliffe? Like, have we, in some ways, crystallised a virtual idea, an idea in you know, an author's mind? Everyone may have perceived Harry to be slightly different. There is. We've got an actor playing it, therefore that's it. So, does the human mind want confirmation of its imagination? Does it want to explore the world that kind of be almost handheld as well? So a classic example where I think that there's a balance between it is uh, James Bond. So the character of James Bond and actually Batman, funnily enough, they're played by multiple actors, but everyone knows who Batman is and everyone knows who James Bond is. You know, as soon as you hear, oh, shake it, not stirred. Like, you know, you know that's James Bond, you know, right? And when it's Batman, you know, is talking like this and is, you know, whatever. You know, like, like, like it's the characteristics that define the character. I think in the case of Daniel Radcliffe and Harry Potter, the biggest, I wouldn't say problem, but the biggest reason why we may get stuck with Daniel Radcliffe is because of the timing. Batman movies and James Bond movies, whilst they can skew towards a mid-teen to adult audience, 
Whereas Harry Potter is purely children. You grow up with Harry Potter and therefore Harry Potter is Daniel Radcliffe. So I think that the timing is really important there. I think it's also because with Harry Potter, there was a start and there was a finish. So it started with Daniel Radcliffe, it ended with Daniel Radcliffe, whereas like Batman, James Bond, even though the current story has finished, the timeline hasn't finished. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. The virtual world is failing us. He's stuck in the void. This is what happens when you spend too much time in reality instead of joining us in the virtual world. Out of the void. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Um, I was actually going to throw it out to the group because I know, I, I just can't think of any right now, but I know that there are situations where originals have been replaced by uh, remakes and the remake has become the face rather than the original. Anyone can think one off the top of their head? I know it's happened. <laughs> I just can't think of one. I, I guess Spider-Man. Yeah, the Avengers as well. I was going to say. All of the mans, actually. Look at Spider-Man, look at Batman, look at He-Man, Superman. All man's. Well, except the reason I brought up Spider-Man was because Spider-Man was replaced in the actor and they started the story over again. So they literally replaced the entire storyline with the new actor rather than actually just carrying on with a new actor like James Bond or Batman. So, I mean, see, what, what I'm trying to actually highlight here, that it's not that character in the virtual world, which is actually um, the driving force. It is that storyline which has that captivating ability to put the human perception in a story in a cycle of relating things with something which they actually experience in their real life so we as a human because we are experiencing things through our perceptive organs we want references and that is how we live our life we want all the time references. Oh, this is my friend. This is my son. This is my wife. This is my blah, blah, blah. All the times we are actually driven by identifications. So these, so um, in the virtual realities, which are kind of remake and things, they do it. They always make sure that link is not being broken so that you can relate to something which was a very rich part of your own experience any point of time of your, from childhood till now. So I think it's not the character, it's that concept which actually makes sense to you. So just throwing something else on. So Ian, before you were talking about uh, playing soccer. So there are people who play soccer on Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, and then they actually have stadiums dedicated to people playing a game. So you'll have a stadium watching someone play a game of football. So rather than actually watching people play football, they're watching people play as someone playing football. Uh, I, I'm not an esports follower generally, but I will admit I have watched one match of esports and gotten involved <laughs> somehow. Um, I don't know why I got so emotionally invested in the game. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, not reality. I think people just like to pick sides, <laughs> to be honest. You know, and, and I think that's true in everything, whether it's sports, whether it's in movies. You know, in movies, they kind of engineer who you're going to pick and which side you're going to take. But there's, you always want someone to root for and associate with. And in the case of esports, you'll find something to anchor, right? Maybe you're watching the first five minutes and then the one of the players scores first and then you immediately hate the, that player because you're like, I want the underdog to win. And there's no real rhyme or reason 
opposition to it, but in in this virtual world that you've created, there's actually opposition. You know, look at sport in general. You know, none of that matters. You know, who cares if uh, the Patriots win the Super Bowl? Like, I, it's just. <laughs> oh, sorry. Apparently, Brad's a big Patriots fan. <laughs> but you know, who who actually cares? This is faux stakes, and that's video games in a nutshell. It's faux stakes that we've somehow become emotionally invested in. This sounds like the opinion of someone who had to, I guess, get used to this because of the Parramatta Eels. Uh, (laughs) Look, you see, you know, if if you can accept that you'll never win, your life will be much better. (laughs) You're never disappointed. Okay, so are we now basically spinning spinning it around to identity? If you can identify yourself in a scenario, in a scene, in an, an experience, whether it's real or virtual, in any way, if you can identify, like you associate yourself with a team, with a player, with a part of the storyline, with the with the protagonist of a story, then it draws you in. It basically locks you into the narrative. So whether it's a game and then there's competition or whether it's basically an adventure, your identity being connected carries our mind and our imagination with it and we experience life in that way. Yeah, so this goes back to the whole looking from inside out to outside in, right? See, the whole concept of movies and having the the viewer watching the movie, perceiving that character as themselves. I think whenever you are wanting to create a movie or create a game, there must always be the, the hero and the villain in play. And which side, of, and sometimes you find if you ask a lot of people, depending on the movies, or sometimes they usually identify themselves with the villain in that scenario because they they sense themselves in the in the in the shoes of the villain because the whole concept of being fine with the good side is purely I think is something we must need to like consider when you take example when Wilson did the um, Suicide Squad right he really tried to embrace this dark side because he's saying. This is the whole thing where you want to make sure you're not just saying I am this this person here, saying oh, I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm only positive attitude. This that is something you need to whenever you're watching a movie, you need to see it from both perspective, right? You're not identifying yourself in just the hero, but you need to see it from the villain side as well. If it's to, to be a good movie or a good game, there's this concept. I don't know if you guys heard. First of all, there are like four stages, right, in the movie, so you. You can have in the beginning everything is beautiful, and then slowly the the whole little bit of rascality comes into the play, right? The, then the drama builds up, but at the same time, as soon as that starts building up, you sort of identifying yourself with the good person of the story. But the, the whole concept of the drama is that if you don't identify yourself with the dark side, you're only seeing one perspective, and this is the whole identity where we build up is more saying. We're only this person, but we're not that person. But if you wanted to see the whole bigger picture, you need to embrace both sides of the story, right? Yeah, while we're on the concept of like heroes and villains, I believe that in a lot of movies and, and games, some people would identify with the villain because if you get the backstory, you might find that you know the reason that he's a villain is he or she didn't necessarily want to be, but because mm-hmm. of maybe the circumstances they grew up in, for instance, I've read about a bit about relaunched uh, Shira, who was you know, He-Man's He-Man's sister, and her like protagonist in that series is is, is like a I guess a panther girl, 
and they used to, Shira and her used to be like we're both orphans wandering the I guess wandering the streets, got taken in by this evil organization. Shira becomes the the voice of the goddess, pretty much leaves the evil organization, and is then fighting against her her friend. I can't can't remember who it is, but it was because they initially got brought up in that situation where they were pretty much fighting for surviving, you know, for survival. That's probably why a lot of people would go down the villain path because a lot of the villains didn't exactly choose to be that because of, of the situation. And that's where some people actually that might come from similar situations, like that's why they probably would identify with the villain as well. All right. Some people identify with the villain. Some some people identify with the hero. And if we are immersed in these virtual environments, are they real? Is it real life? Does it have to be in the physical world for it to be actually real? Because you can draw yourself into that world, experience your actual heart rate increasing. You can perspire. You can stress. You can worry. The movie ends. You're still thinking about it. You can't sleep all night because you're still wondering about it or you play too many, too many games and you're dreaming of zerg rushes or tiles of tetris blocks falling from heaven trying to crush you so is the virtual world just as real it just happens to be non-physical i'd say it's a drug if anything because it isn't real and you can get addicted to the feeling that you get from it but it's not it's not reality if that makes sense I see that you're looking <laughs> with disbelieving eyes. Elaborate, Ian. Please expand on that. Well, again, you, you can base a virtual world on reality. I wish Atish was still here because you could argue that the Matrix was that exact concept. Now, to everyone inside the Matrix, it was real, but in reality, it was a desolate world where they were being used as batteries by robots. And that's, I get where you're coming from. You're probably making the argument that whatever you're aware of as real is real to you. But I think in the concept, in the situation of games and and movies and, and virtual worlds where you insert yourself in, generally speaking, you will know that it's not real. But having said that, the mind has this amazing ability to fool itself. And at some point, if you play it enough, it does, in your head at least, become reality. But it's still not reality. That's the way I view it. I think it's dangerous when you can't um, differentiate. I mean, there's many examples in the past of people playing a violent game and then going out in the streets and causing violence. You know, you hear or I mean, the, the US shootings and, you know, it turns out the person played... Um, modern warfare a lot and you know started to believe it was fine to run around with a gun see that's i think that's correlation and causation like just because we've, we've probably all played violent video games at some point but that doesn't mean we're about to commit some violence but i'm just calling that because it, it's just too common a narrative in the media that oh he's got modern warfare that must be the reason that he's a violent person so. yeah that that was sort of my point like it's dangerous when you can't differentiate it doesn't mean that it's actually a valid reason like i when i play video games generally i play as the villain why because it's more fun because it's different to reality it doesn't mean i'm going to go out you know lassoing people and shooting them or you know anything like that it's just different to real life and that's why you do it well on the, the point of uh, people playing violent video games and not disassociating with reality there was a case in the u.s about two months ago where 
It was a esports Tony Madden game, which is probably the least violent game you could think of, which is a football game. And one of the participants lost, thought the other guy was cheating, and got a gun and shot two or three of the people there at the actual event. No one died, but like it wasn't a violent game at all. And the guy just snapped and just started shooting at people randomly at a you know esports game for a sports game. I think the dangerous miscorrelation here is the fact that it's not violent games that make violent people. It's the fact that violent people have a tendency of being introverts and they find salvation in video games. So the correlation between the two are probably unrelated altogether. It's just that some people who are likely to shoot people to start with start playing video games rather than the other way around. I never hear of people who, you know, start playing a video game obsessed with puppies and bunnies and all the rest and come out as a serial killer. Uh, I imagine it would normally be the other way around. They go in there being a serial killer, finding methods in the games, uh, being uh, motivated to apply it to reality. Okay. Well, I think that's actually a really valid point. It's not the game, it's the person. Wow, what a concept. Imagine that. Something that the Americans probably could have learned from us all. But then, back to your your original points, bro. Are they real people or are they virtual people? (laughs) Well, exactly. If you kill a player in the game who is technically another human being on the other side of the planet who's really engrossed, really, really experiencing the game, and you terminate their virtual experience, you are effectively cutting off a part of their life. It's a virtual life, but you have just ended it. Now, we we say it's not real anyway. It's virtual. It doesn't mean anything. But to the individual, it could be their life. They could live online. It could be their passion. It could be something that they identify with. And if we play, if we terminate their identity, what happens next? So Can I, I don't know if sorry. you guys have seen that video of the kid that, that had his uh, World of Warcraft or something account deleted by his parents. And uh, I, I don't think it's safe for work to talk about what happens in the video, but essentially he loses his mind, and it's four minutes. That's an amazing experience to watch. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think that kind of illustrates the point that you're trying to make exactly. Like, some people get so engrossed in that virtual world because because you got to remember what it does. It gives people a sense of power when they don't generally have power and to feel like that power has been taken away, that they're powerless again. When um, There's a lot of issues with cyberbullying because they're in a place where when they're in the reality, they're powerless and this place that they're going to, they escape to a place where they can be powerful. And it basically gives them an identity that they can't have in real life. And and where you, you say you're getting it gets dangerous, like in Brad's uh, example, where or was it Swanger that spoke about the the shooting at the the esports tournament? His identity as a, a winner was completely tied in his ability to win the game, and he lost, and therefore his identity was shattered. And so he <laughs> rampage. That's the true danger. Yes. Can I just share an experience that happened to me recently? So the weekend before last, I played Red Dead Redemption online, and there was a character in it that um, it was an actual player. So anyway, that he was away from his keyboard when I shot him. So 
Later on in the game, he shot me, he killed me. Later on, I, I logged off. I logged back on later and I have private messages that have been sent to me from this person of things that he did to my body after <laughs> he killed me in the game. That's how emotional he got about me killing his character. Um, I mean, that's probably a good example of how people can't <laughs> differentiate and they get very attached. Well, the unfortunate thing is, is like I read an article literally about a month ago where a guy in the uh, southwest of Sydney actually had was recorded where he was bashing up his his uh, pregnant girlfriend while the daughter was there as well because he was playing. I can't remember what game it was. He was playing Fortnite. He yeah, lived in Oran Park. Yeah, and it was getting yeah getting recorded and like he was on on one of those yeah, websites where the streaming websites and someone had actually picked that up and there was another case in the US where actually a person was uh, raping like a someone while playing a game as well. Uh, it got picked up by another player and yeah the guy was actually out on parole for doing something similar like literally a month before and that that happened yeah about a month or two before Christmas in the US. So it's uh, pretty bad. It's a bit gruesome and grim. All right. Well, wow. Okay, that that went down to a very dark (laughs) side. But it's true. We can bring out the worst in each other by hurting our virtual selves effectively. All right. So I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. So to all the people out there, stay virtual. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Lunchtime Special Podcast. Find us on iTunes, CastBox, Spreaker and SoundCloud. Our intro music is Household Gods by Skin Cage. Until next time.